are no guests this week on the Racing It Out podcast, but that's okay because Caitlin and I probably have enough to say to fill up a giant episode. We've been to places, we've, we've consumed food, we've been to races. There's also a really interesting piece that I read on the athletic.com that I want to talk about as well. And we'll get into that. Let's talk about the Pinty series opening though at sunset, because you have a great background with sunset speedway, including a little mark on the wall. I don't, I don't know if that was, <laughs> I don't know if that one happened. On I think that might've been the, the mini stocks. Yeah. That may, that may have <laughs> happened previously, but it, it was wonderful to a open the season B have so many great fans C to have such a stellar field of cars D to have tremendous racing going on and it going into overtime before the winner is decided and E to cap it off a first time winner. That's pretty good for your season opener. I'm also going to say F no rain because up until <laughs> literally the night before they were calling for rain and I had people texting me being like, Caitlin, you're the rain curse. See, you're still the rain curse. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not the rain curse anymore. I'm sorry to break your hearts. Absolutely not. Now, do you, regardless of forecast, prepare for rain? Do you bring a rain jacket or an umbrella or any of that? No, you look at the forecast before the race and decide whether I need uh, an oh, yeah. umbrella. Or... Especially, for, especially for sunset where it's like a day race. It's like, I'll look at it and be like, I'll bring like two jackets and yeah. an extra pair of socks. And that's it. That's it. For CTMP or like weekend races, I'm packing extra shoes by poncho. Warm right. clothes, stuff right. like that. Okay. Whether it's a single day race, multi-day event, doesn't matter. Mm. I am always prepared for rain. I have an umbrella that is in my backpack all the time. And I always bring a jacket that is waterproof. Every single race. See, when I when I was driving myself to all the races, I would have my rain boots in the car all the time. Sure. Because it's like you get to some, a place like Chaudière and it, it's always going to rain. And it's just like, <laughs> but it's also just like, you know, you're driving to the race and it's raining. Might be a good idea to have your rain boots in the car. You never boots know. Boots are good. You're, mm-hmm. you're right. And al- always extra socks. That's always yeah. helpful. Even if it's a dry race, just change your socks through the day. Is helpful. I mean, I don't know if this is a girl thing, but it's like, I pack for like three extra <laughs> days worth of like <laughs> undergarments like socks, underwear, t-shirts, all of it, just in case. I call it options. It gives you options if you need extra layers or extra socks and things. I just, and I usually, often I will have two pairs of shoes as well. Yeah. It's like, you never know. It's like, oh, if I want to go with the the black pants, I want to wear black socks. So it's fashion too, is what you're really concerned about. Yeah. That plays a role. I'll give you that. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. like, you don't want to, you don't want to worry too much. It's like, you need, like you said, options, you got to have options. It, it, yes. Especially because if you can, you can take a layer off if it's too warm or you can add a layer if it's getting a little bit, uh, a little bit chilly. I was not expecting it to be as warm as it was this weekend. I brought <laughs> my giant sweater and two different jackets. And I don't think I put a jacket on until the last like 50 laps of the race. Nice. Yeah. See, that's, that's great. Now that might be a little different this, this weekend at, at CTMP judging by the early forecast, but things can change a lot. But again, 
we'll be prepared because we have options. We have options. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other thing too, as, as you know, the, the entry list has just come out for CTMP. What a, a, an even bigger field of cars. Seven cars. This is the this, biggest field since May CTMP 2016. What is awesome. that? Six years? Yeah, that's awesome. And this is an indication, I think, of the kind of stuff that we're going to see this season mm-hmm. in the Pinty series. Uh, super excited about it. My background this week is the 2019 spring race with uh, Kevin Lacroix, Andrew Ranger, who had themselves quite a battle going uh, in that one. It was Lacroix who came out as the winner. So um, I, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen this weekend. Too soon to tell, but I'm, well, I'm like, very excited. Look at the drivers. It's like you have Cameron, who was so dominant at sunset this weekend. He mm-hmm. led 203 of 252 laps. It was like everyone was shocked to see him come out of the gate with a new team. Right. And it's like, him to come out the gate and just dominate like that. That's the most laps he's ever led in a race period. New car too, mm-hmm. because that is not a, a white motorsports car. That's not a McCall car. That's a Robin McCluskey car. So that's the other part of that. So they've, they've clearly got their stuff together and they've been working hard for six months to, to mm-hmm. get that team ready. So I, I think it makes for a super exciting story to follow through the year. Yeah. And they have new road course car too. So we'll have to see how the road course car fares out this weekend at CTMP. But you have him, you have LP who won there last year, our reigning champion. Mm -hmm. You have Kevin Lacroix, who is the king of CTMP. He has the most races, race wins there out of anybody. But then you also have Gary Clute. Yes. Who is a former uh, winner there. Andrew Ranger, who has three wins. He hasn't been as good the last couple of years, though. He's had he's had a couple of dips, but it's like I remember, I think it was 2019. Maybe he had a lot of issues at CTMP. Mm -hmm. Yes, there were there were a few, but it's uh, and take Liani. There's a lot of by the way, uh, let's mention this here because you talked about Alex Tagliani, the drive he had. In the second race at CTMP last year, the longer of the two races on the Sunday afternoon, Mm -hmm. I told him this afterwards. I said, that is one of the best race drives I have ever seen you perform. And here's why, because Mm -hmm. he got himself to the front and he had not switched tires and it was a, is it 51 or 52 laps? I forget the race. So it's 51. 51. He had not changed tires and he was waiting, trying to wait a little bit longer. Never got the opportunity to make a pit stop for tires. Yeah, we went green most of that race. He ran the full 51 on that same set of tires with a car that they had been chasing gremlins in. And it wasn't until the late stages that Marc Antoine Cameron passed him to, to score think, the victory. I that think was it was a literally with drive. five laps to go. It was, it was, it was an unbelievable drive by tag in that mm-hmm. event. So good, good on him. So it was, it's, yeah. this is the kind of thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to again this weekend. Yeah. CTMP is always different because it's one of the few races where we have live pit stops. So yes. it's like, it's, it plays a huge factor. It's like, it adds to the strategy. It adds to, and people don't have to take fuel or they have to take fuel because unless you want to well, there has been discussion slash speculation that you might be able to make it without might. taking fuel. It's a big it, risk. It's a risk. It would be close mm-hmm. and it would depend a little bit on how much caution you got. But yeah. there are teams that have discussed the possibility 
of trying to go the full distance. Well, on, on the race procedure, you don't have to pit for fuel or tires. Right. So it'd be, it'll be very interesting to see how, what drivers do this year, because I mean, we saw, like you said last year with Alex, sometimes the different strategy makes can, could win you the race. And this is the, this is the fun part about, about racing. Mm -hmm. I have a topic I want to talk about that is serious and kind of wades into your area because you're deeply involved in social media. You don't subscribe to the athletic. I know. And, and there's, there's many people that do and don't I subscribe because I really enjoy the information and the pieces that are on, available on the athletic, whether it's hockey or, or motorsports, of course, which are my two things. So Jeff Gluck is a columnist for the athletic and writes some really interesting pieces about motorsports. There's lots of good stuff in that. If you subscribe, I'm, I'm not a paid endorser. I pay for my subscription. So just to be clear, <laughs> He wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago about IndyCar driver Sage Karam, who's getting ready to race in the Indianapolis 500 and has only done spot duty over the last four or five years, mostly just the Indy 500. He's also preparing to get himself into an Xfinity ride in Pocono coming up this year. And the reason I mention that is because the article deals with the 2017 race at Pocono with IndyCar when Sage was running and Justin Wilson was also racing. And that is the race that where Justin Wilson was struck by a piece of debris and was killed. He, he died a short time after the race. The piece of debris came off Sage Karam's car and landed and struck Justin Wilson. And that was what caused his head injuries and eventually caused his death. Sage Karam has been dealing with the guilt of that quietly, internally, since then, and has fortunately sought help to unburden himself with the guilt that he was feeling about this accident, is not the right word, but this circumstance that was not his fault. But he also had to deal with an incredible amount of abuse on social media, Mm -hmm. people tweeting at him and sending him messages saying that, oh, it should have been you and not Justin Wilson. Can you imagine that from a young man who's now in his twenties? I first met Sage when he was racing USF 2000 and he was mopping up the field. He was, he's a talented driver and moved his way up through the road to Indy. I'm so happy that he's spoken out about it and shared his story. And I, uh, I was, I guess, a couple of weeks ago now, but I, I quoted uh, Jeff Gluck's piece and said, it's an excellent read. It's an important read. It's a gut-wrenching read to, to hear about this story, but it's important. And everyone's on social media should read this before you, you ever tweet something. It's, a, it's an unbelievable story to, mm-hmm. to read. So I'm, I, I just wanted to mention that it's, it's a terrific piece. And, and I'm really happy that Sage has, is feeling better and moving in the right direction. I hope he gets his racing career moving in the right direction, too. I can't even imagine what that's like. It's like, yeah, you did nothing wrong. And it's like it goes it goes to so many layers of like, you know, like racism and mm-hmm. just like unnecessary hate for some for things people have no control over. Yes. And it's. And it's, it's, I, I just don't understand why 
you would lash out at someone. And and I guess I can appreciate that that people are sad and upset that that Justin Wilson was killed. Right. Uh, and I, rightfully I am, so. I am I am too. And I was at that race and I worked that race and mm-hmm. and knew Justin. And it was it was earlier that year that I had a great conversation with him in St. Petersburg because he wasn't running the full season that year. And he had just secured a ride for a few races. And he said, oh, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. And it's uh, it's going to be an opportunity to do some things. And it's just it's it's a terrible and it's a sad story. And, but this is the wrong way to express sadness and regret to direct hate and malicious, vicious attacks on someone who is not responsible. Yeah. And it's to, to wish ill on anybody else for anything they can't control is just why have so much hate in your heart that you, you feel like it's okay. It's, it's the, it's the keyboard bullies. It's, Exactly. You feel like so many people nowadays feel like they can hide behind a keyboard and like a profile picture and say whatever they want and think it doesn't mean anything. Or an egg versus even a picture or your handle as letters and numbers. And it's just, yeah, it's, I, 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 and I get, I, I'm, I'm for freedom of expression and freedom of speech. And I think that you, you should be able to discuss and talk about any topic and, mm-hmm. and use words that, that you choose to, but it's, there's gotta be a point where it has to stop when you are infringing on someone else. And, 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 oh, sorry, the frustration's bubbling up. In me. I just, I can't, I, I cannot fathom saying or doing something like that. And we're in fairly privileged positions where we may never have to experience those things. So we can't even begin to imagine those things. Right. But it's it's having the self-awareness and the empathy to put yourself in those people's shoes and be like, why? Why are you being hated on for something that wasn't even like potentially preventable or mm-hmm. potentially like it was an act of God in a way. And you make a great point there too. In if you, if you knew that Sage in this case was, was suffering and, and I don't know why you would even think of saying, of saying something or lashing out at him, as opposed to putting your arm around him and saying, this was not your fault. Right. This Where's is, this the was difference? A, this was a, this is a fluke. I mean, how do you, how do you not reach out to someone and try to exactly. help them in this case? It's like, what is the difference in people of wanting to console and say like, yes, we're sad that this person died, but this person that is still alive is suffering immensely. They need to be consoled and like told that it's going to be okay. And that, you know, it wasn't their fault. Like that's what they need to hear in that moment. What is the difference between those people and the people that are like, where is the fundamental difference in morals between people that can console and empathize versus people that just spread hate and say things like it should have been you and I wish it went through your windshield and you should like like and just spreading hate and racism and homophobia and just bigotry across this like social media. I, 
I agree. And hopefully we shed a light on it. We've, we've, we've talked about it a little bit more. Hopefully it, it, it helps someone. Uh, if, if, if someone is struggling in, in that sense, um, I'll, I'll sit and listen. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I've done it. I will again. And I'll, I'll, I'll sit and I'll listen and stay there as long as you want. And that's, that's okay. But yeah. I, uh, I haven't, I haven't seen or talked to Sage in a while, but I'm, I, I hope to soon. And I, mm -hmm. I'm really happy that he, he shared his story and, uh, I'm wishing him a great run in the Indianapolis 500 that's coming up. So did, did the article go into like him, like how he dealt with it and how, it, it, the child yes it, it goes it, it tells the story from okay. the the crash and debris and the and the terrible end result for justin wilson and how a sage has had to deal with it for for the years mm -hmm. since and now he's finally as i say getting some help moving in the right direction and and i hope i'll be the first one to stand up and cheer when he's yeah. introduced at the indianapolis 500 same yeah. Are you going to be at, are you going to be at the 500? I will not be at the Indianapolis 500. Actually, I have another um, a gig that weekend in Toronto that I'm pinch hitting for the usual MC Norris McDonald, because the Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame right. is inducting their class of 20 and 21. So there will also be there supposedly one. Yeah. There are 31 very worthy and deserving honorees that will be going. So I, I will be there that evening. I'm, I'm, I, I look forward to, because we haven't been able to do this for so many years, no. it's just, just to be able to go and see and talk racing and, and, and talk about some stories with, mm -hmm. with so many of them and, and share some memories because there's a lot of them that I've seen and watched and raced and, and it's, it's just going to be a fun night. I mean, there's a lot of Pinty's drivers going in there. LP Dumlin, Glenn Styers now. Who else am I forgetting? There's a whole bunch. Kevin Dowler. Kevin Dowler. I was like, there's two years worth of people going mm -hmm. into that hall of fame. Who is it? <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 I'm, I'm really excited about it and, and looking forward to, to that. So I won't be at the Indianapolis 500, but I will be watching it uh, the next day. So the other thing that we mentioned on the last podcast, uh, we didn't really get into any food stories. So Ew. I have a couple that I will share with you if you like. I'm always them, open to your food stories. Talk. Good. Because I, I was in British Columbia. This was go, goes back because I was in BC for the, uh, the Western Rattler 300 at Penticton Speedway. And I said, Oh, there's a, there's a great place I'll tell you about. Well, here's the, here's the story. The other one was on my drive from Florida back to Southern Ontario. A couple. Oh, was this the Tennessee one? Yes. So first off in Penticton, BC, I was there for about a month last year and you're always looking for new places to try new places to go. And someone said, Hey, there's this great, uh, there's this great sandwich place you should try and you should go to. It's a deli. So people go in and buy meats and cheeses and stuff. And they have a counter where they make sandwiches at lunch, cash only, no credit cards, no debit cards. The, I, the menu is three items. They, you, they have, I don't know, like 20 different kinds of meat and uh, 10 different kinds of cheese, but the menu is three items. Okay. You get, you get a sandwich with two meats, one cheese, or four meats, one cheese, four meats, two cheese. Those are the three items on the menu. It's, <laughs> it's the Il Vecchio Deli in Penticton, and it's awesome. Everybody, there, there is a lineup to get in. 
and put your money on the counter. And it's like, it's a little bit like the Seinfeld episode of the soup Nazi, where you go in, you make your order, <laughs> you step to the right, you pay your cash and you walk out the door. But, but it's fantastic. Super simple, super easy. And like you, you can put like the works on it, like lettuce, tomato, or is it yep. straight up just meat and cheese? Okay, cool. Cause it's, I was gonna it's, say, it's, like... meat, it's cheese and condiments. And those are your choices. <laughs> now, the other one I'm driving from Florida back to Southern Ontario. And I usually get a little further on my first day of driving because it's a two day drive. And, but I didn't this time. So I stopped in Carryville, Tennessee, small town, I don't know, like 20, 30 miles from the Kentucky border. Pull in, find, find got to find a place to eat. So start searching the Google and it's like, oh, there's a little, uh, there's a little barbecue place not far from here. So I'm going to go uh, down to Rickard Ridge Barbecue and order me a slab of ribs that were out of this world tasty. So yeah, oh. dipping in the sauce, fries, just up to your elbows in it. Here's here's my question though, because we yeah. talked about at Sunset how you will go the long way around because you come in through, um, you're on the west coast of Florida. Yes. Um, how close is this to Bristol? That's what I want to know. Like if I should go, if I go to Bristol, is it worth the drive? It's, it's a bit of a hike. It's a bit of a hike. Cause Damn. it's, um, it's North of Tennessee or excuse me, uh, uh, North of Knoxville in Tennessee and Bristol is further to the East. So, right. it's, it's so if I go to Knoxville, going to, no Oh yeah. If you're going, but if, if you're driving North or South through, uh, through the U S heading mm -hmm. towards Florida or, or whatever, Carryville, Tennessee, right off the highway. There, I think there's only one exit, and it's a, a half a mile away. It's right near a state park, so oh. top notch, really good. And they had a bluegrass band on Friday night. Nice. There you go. There you go, man. I have no fun food stories. I've been here in Ontario. Uh, I guess I could be like, I went to Italy in Toronto for the first time. Oh yeah. Yeah, very interesting. I compared it to the IKEA of I. Italian cooking <laughs> because it's set up like Ikea. There's just like all these different like areas in it. There's like a, a bread area and then there's a whole cheese section and a meat section. And then there's like two to four different restaurants in there. It was like super overwhelming, but the food was great. The pizza was amazing. I got, actually, this is something I wanted to talk about. I got a pizza that was split into three different sections. And one was like, a margarita pizza. Yeah. One was uh, so it was just like basil and mozzarella and tomato sauce. Delish. And then another one that was four cheeses. Delish. Yeah. And then another one that was pesto based and bright and cherry tomatoes, mozzarella, and basil again. Round pie yeah. or square pie? Yeah. Round. It was, it was actually more three, like. Though. They usually yeah. only do it like usually only get a half of, of one or the other. Usually no, it two was choices. it was the middle was the. the oh, um, the oh I see. Cheese, I see. Yeah. And then each the other side was like the pesto and then the margarita. Oh, that's neat. It was great. It was so good. Always up for uh, always up for a good pizza. So, yeah. Ten good. out of ten would go back to um, Italy because there was just okay. so much there. Even to just like walk around and like check stuff out. It's like. Oh. OK, so there's Remember, three good food suggestions so hit us on our social channels with other food suggestions hit that us on, i should try hit us on your social channels for anywhere to eat i'm looking for recommendations for newfoundland yes 
I'm looking for recommendations out West Saskatoon and Edmonton. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. I, I like having those food recommendations. I am sad to see that we will not have an Edmonton Eskimos game while we're at West. <laughs> I checked the schedule Sorry. already and there's none. And I'm no, sad. we did that a couple years ago. Uh, 2019. Yeah. yeah. I remember because I, I remember my coworker and I at the time looking up and seeing like because we ran into Dave Bradley. And oh, no up, way. Like, yeah, we're in this yeah. section and looking up and like zooming in on our phones to try and sneak pictures of you guys. <laughs> crushing beers in the upper levels yeah that's it that's what, well that's what we were doing it's just you mm -hmm. know burgers dogs cfl football on a friday night i mean yeah that's, that so, is as canadian as you get isn't it i didn't check to see if it was after we're there because we're there for like two or three days aren't we uh i'm i don't think i'm staying out for the duration i think i'm flying back east after edmonton and then going back to saskatoon you're crazy. Uh, not the first time I've done it. Won't be the last. Yeah. Why? It's only a flight. Uh, other things to to deal with and do other projects. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think well, that's what's. Happening. I'll be going to Banff while I'm stuck at West. There are food options give, in Banff. Give food options for Banff. Well, please. the Banff Springs Hotel. It's been a long time. I will say the the restaurant at the golf club is is out of this world good. So okay. there's your first one. I get, I'll have to go back and look and think, but there's your first one. The restaurant there is sensational. All right. So this is a PSA for our fans. <laughs> we need food recommendations for Newfoundland, food recommendations for out West, including Banff. What are the other races we've got? GP3R, uh, you could go anywhere in Trois-Rivières and it's fine. Yeah, like there's, you're, you're, yeah it's that's, great. that's good. Um, hmm. Chaudière is close to Quebec City. I'd love to spend some time in Quebec City. That's so would I. Yeah. I, I hope I get to spend some a little bit more time in Quebec City this year. But okay. um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Very good. Very good. Uh, I do also want to discuss one other topic from a previous podcast. Uh, this was it goes back a little while now. Do you recall the, I don't know if this is a manufactured controversy trademark pending on that name by the way uh manufactured controversy within f1 but the discussion once again bubbled up about personal jewelry uh piercings body piercings and whether or not they are permitted because apparently they are not allowed in the sporting regulations but it's been ignored for years but apparently yeah. some are making a fuss about it now why i searched out and got a little intel from someone who would know okay. that if you have a piercing if of uh, that's metal, stainless steel or whatever, that conducts heat. Mm -hmm. And the concern is that, oh, if that gets really hot, that could be problematic in terms of rescue. You are in way more trouble than you should be before that becomes an issue. Hmm. So that's not that's not a real right that's true because it's yeah. like if your nose ring is getting so hot that it's right. starting to melt your nose you are in trouble way before your face is already melting yeah is basically what it comes down to yes that that's is a very uh, good point so that's that is the intel that i received in terms of uh, rescue and, and in terms of fire, because that's, I guess, one of the mm -hmm. concerns. So, um, it's, it should be a non-story, but it isn't. It isn't. So again, not a big deal. Let's just move on. 
this may be a Netflix thing. I don't know in terms of controversy, but that's that's just got to. Have they announced a season five of Drive to Survive? Oh yeah, it's 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 okay. absolutely happening. So that's that'll be. I hope they address it on I'm, this season. I'm, I'm sure that they they will. But anyhow, also uh, bef- go ahead. Before we yeah. go, I don't think I ever fully like said I finished to Drive to Survive. Oh, I am even more mad. <laughs> after watching Drive to Survive at what the fuckery happened at Abu Dhabi than I was when I watched the race. I was like, this seems like even more bullshit than it was when I was actually watching it. Yeah, it was, I understand what happened. I, I sort of understand the thinking, but they screwed it up royally. Yeah. And it was a, a giant cluster. Yeah. So I, I love the memes that keep coming out about it. It yeah. was like, I saw one the other day that was like, Every time they see like um, they're under caution with the safety car and it's like lapped cars may now pass. Yeah. It's just right. the name of like triggered. It's like, Here we go. The, like Bring it on again. Flashbacks. Bring it on again. Yeah. So but yeah, I, it tr- it, I was super pissed at the end of Drive to Survive. <laughs> so you'll be tuned in for the next season, which oh, 100%, is, accomplishes the goal. Yeah. It's, it's such it. a good show. It is. It absolutely is. Uh, before we could depart, of course, we must say that the ideas, opinions, and thoughts expressed by both Caitlin and myself do not represent anyone we are currently employed by or may be employed by in the future. It's us. It's nobody else. We bear the responsibility. So leave them alone. Don't be litigious. How's that? Beautiful. Good. I love doing that part. <laughs> All right. Uh, Actually, specifically, I, in... I love when you do that part because it's always funny. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I will see you in a couple of days for uh, CTMP. CTMP. And looking forward. All right. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great race.